Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Thomas May. And I'm Zancy Weber. The Craving Creativity Podcast is our cry for help. A way to help ourselves as creatives to talk about how we get inspired, how we create, but also how we deal with stress, mental illness, and everything in between. Now, if you're creative, you, like us, have most likely always been seen as the black sheep of your family and always making different choices than what 90% of normal people might do. Uh, Not going for the safe choice, but always living a little on the edge. With the Craving Creativity Podcast, it is our hope to create create a safe space where we can talk about being creative. We want to build a community of like-minded creatives and help each other. Subscribe, email us, and be part of the creative journey. You're listening to Craving Creativity, a podcast all about creativity and what it means to us. I'm one of your hosts, Zancy Weber, here with my inimitable co-host. Thomas Mike. And I cannot imitate you, and therefore you're inimitable. <laughs> uh, my my Danish accent is not yet you up to scratch. You cannot do my thick Danish <laughs> accent, no. Yeah, that, that. It's not that thick. I, I think uh, I've heard thicker. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. Um, six years in California, 10 years in Australia, two years in Zimbabwe. That's the accent. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think uh, today, just to date the episode, congratulations on uh, the Danish soccer win. Yes, uh, I am sitting that. here in a football shirt with the Danish national team. And I, of course, had to talk about it coming in. Uh, you didn't ask, so I had to point <laughs> it out. But uh, Denmark over the weekend beat Wales. That doesn't sound impressive, but it's the European Championship. And that made sure we went into the quarterfinals. Congratulations to well, Denmark. Where we'll meet the Czech Republic. <laughs> so um, that's two beer countries against each other, I guess. Um, that's Are you be- feeling uh, positive about yes. the the Czech yes. Republic? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Not positive. Yeah, that we will win. Yes. Yeah. I'm very optimistic. Excellent. Of course, my hopes can only be dashed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the the format of this show is that you bring an anecdote or a story yeah. or some sort of inspiration about creativity in general. And then we discuss what that means to us and our own creative processes. Yeah. So what do you have for us today? Today, we're going to start to talk about the art of storytelling. Right. So storytelling as a, what do I define by storytelling? Is that when we tell each other's stories i mean <laughs> it can, it can, I, yeah <laughs> i've often heard it described as stories are what uh differentiate humans from other creatures that's a Is good that way of doing it we yeah. can we tell each other stories yes we do yeah so and i'm not going in on a on an academic route here this is all my personal opinion and beliefs and stuff that i have um, researched and read about but for me storytelling is has has been essential for human survival we are wired to listen to stories it just it would just open up and that's because until we knew how to write things down and read it. We had to give instructions to each other, pass down knowledge from one generation to the next. Don't eat those berries. They'll kill you. But eat these berries instead. You'll survive, right? Don't it's- pet the tiger. <laughs> Don't pet the tiger. <laughs> I think a, a fight or die, uh, <laughs> adrenaline will be pumping through your body when it comes to a tiger. But just the basics. So I think we are hardwired in our crocodile brain um, to listen to stories and clues about stories. And that's why kids, you, tell, you start telling a story, they immediately pay 100% attention 
because it's just inevitable that they have to learn something. And that's yeah. where we come from. And I think that's that's very powerful. That's thinking about where we are and how we're using storytelling today. So fast forward to <laughs> today. Um, storytelling is, is many things. Um, some businesses use good storytelling and we tell stories to each other. So I want to talk about the external storytelling, but I also want to talk about the internal storytelling. Right. So I guess especially if we're talking creativity, like anything that you create, any art that you make, any product that you create is telling a story. Yes. Particularly if it's branded, mm-hmm. like if, you, if it's part of a, an overarching produce. So even yep. if it's an artist telling, uh, making a, a, a work, that's part of their overall story as well as a story in itself. So story works on so many levels and meta levels. Yes. And really, if you pair it right back, like you did to the crocodile brain, where yep. it is just we gravitate towards stories mm-hmm. in order to share our experience and share our knowledge, yes. but also share our uh, share our internal world that other people yes. don't have access to. Exactly. I think that's the power yeah. of storytelling. Yes. Um, if it's used in a positive way, like obviously a big part of storytelling is fiction yeah. and a big part of fiction is lies. <laughs> so, so is life. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. So I, I guess that is brings up a question about storytelling is like what uh, what responsibility do you have when you're telling a story to the people that you're telling it to? Well, us humans are constantly influencing one another, yeah. right? And so the better story we tell, the better argument we make, the better persuasion we make through storytelling, the more influence we have. Yeah. And so whether you are a businessman or a school <laughs> pupil or your school teacher or whatever you are, the more you can influence people, the more you can get them to align to understand your world or your your point or your perception or your reality, whatever it is, the better storyteller you have to become. Yeah. So I guess where do you where do you touch storytelling the most in your life? Is it in your work? Do you do you tell story through your work, or is it more? Uh, is it is it more in what you consume? Is that how you uh, kind of access storytelling? Yes. So I think so. Right now, we're trying to tell a story. We're doing yeah. a podcast, right? So hopefully, somebody will listen to this. <laughs> Podcasts are the crystallization of storytelling. It is. Yeah. So you're telling a story, and part of that is telling my story, and part is that telling your story. So by sharing that, we're opening up, and we're opening up a part of us that we may not share with anyone else who knows but i think that the biggest part of storytelling we can have is the internal story mm. we're telling ourselves and i read somewhere someone said that you know the the, the quality of our lives equals the story you tell yourself yeah right so if you tell yourself i can't do this or i'm not good enough or i'm not smart enough you're going or to I'm believe not successful or not. Yeah, yeah, you're going to believe that story. And that's the danger because we also listening to our own stories. And so we have to learn how to come up with a story not only for ourselves because we've got that little brain keep telling us what we can't do or we shouldn't do or we should do all the time. So learning how to tell a story about ourselves, like I have a good life. I am happy. Yeah. Not saying I'm happy, 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 happy. <laughs> Hare Krishna, nothing against that in any way, shape or form, but that doesn't make you happy. But you truly make yourself believe that you're happy or that you're good of of course, being happiness is not something you are 100% of the time. I believe it's something yeah. you are in moments. Yeah. Like yesterday morning, I woke up. Denmark had one 4 against Wales. <laughs> <laughs> the money was coming into the account. It was a the positive, sun, positive The sun time. was shining. <laughs> and um, it was a good day. So it's just, I tell myself, this is a good day, right? It's about using that as a story, as an excuse. Whereas today, I woke up, the car wouldn't start. Had to get the towing company. My wife left with, left with the car key. Couldn't get yeah, hold of her. Yeah. Now I have to go to the mechanic 
tonight to give him the car key, otherwise he can't. Just, that's a bad story, right? <laughs> and that makes me stressed. And it's all about what stories do we tell ourselves yeah. in order to make ourselves feel better. So those, those are the, that's how, you, how you're framing your experience to yourself. Yes. And that changes how you actually experience exactly. things. Exactly. And that requires a level of, I guess, separation from what you're perceiving and what you're feeling, like yes. what the actual input is yes. and what you're thinking about it yes. as well. Yes. My question is, is your internal story, the story that you tell yourself, a different story than the stories that you tell other people? So when someone says, mm. how are you today? Yeah. Do you go, well, this positive thing has happened to me and this positive thing has happened to me. So I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Or are you, uh, well, today has not gone to plan. Okay. <laughs> Let, okay. That's a very good question. So when you, when I came in here today, what did you ask me? You asked me, how are you doing today? I asked how you're doing today. And what did I say? Uh, stressful day today. Yes, you stress. <laughs> so I think maybe it's the Australian politeness and show no, no, show no emotions coming from the English side where the Danes <laughs> will just tell you <laughs> how they're feeling. Look, no, I, I, I 100% appreciate yeah. that effect. But also saying it's a stressful day today is yeah. different to saying it's a bad day today. Yeah. No, exactly. Because you're like, this is how I'm feeling about yeah. the things that have happened to me yeah. rather than just like, my story has been bad. Yeah. yeah. But when I start telling you my story about how the day was bad with the car and the towing and the mechanic and my wife taking <laughs> the keys, right? I was trying to put a funny spin on it because yeah. by putting a funny spin on it, it makes me less stressed because I was stressed. I couldn't find the keys. I couldn't Absolutely. get hold of her. She was a place where there was no phone reception in the middle of nowhere on a picnic with her, the <laughs> class and the kids and all that stuff. So, but by, by telling that funny story and making the problem smaller and making fun of, you know, this is going to, my yeah. wife, you know, of course my <laughs> wife took the key, blah, blah, blah. But, 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 but laughing about that made me less stressed, right? Absolutely. And now I'm, I, and I told myself my story that I was a victim and my <laughs> wife was the perpetrator because she took the car key <laughs> to the car. But by telling that story, I'm not stressed now. So, yeah. And that was the story I told you right before we went on here, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I just think that it's important that we, that we navigate or we control the storytelling within our head. We don't let the, our brain tell a story. We need to go in and tell our own story. Absolutely. Well, that makes sense. That's a perfect example of how you, how you approached telling a story in order to change the narrative of the day. Yes. Uh, where you, you used the story to both engineer a social situation in which you would relieve the stress that you had been feeling up yes. until that point. Yes. And that's, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a great example of that. I, I myself am a, am a proponent of 100% frank honesty as much as possible. Yeah. So when people ask me how I'm going, I'll, I'll go, look, today's not great. It's not, not a great day. <laughs> I usually won't go into specifics because like you said, Australians are usually pretty uncomfortable yeah. dealing with other yes. people's problems because yeah. they're not used to no. being presented with them. Nope. Hey, <laughs> mate, everything's fine. Guys. Yeah. See ya, man. Yeah. No, it's it's true. But uh, so I guess if we approach um, that sort of storytelling, can can that be elevated again to broadcasting? So obviously you had that internal story and then you have used that story to engineer a one-on-one social interaction. Yes. How would you use storytelling to kind of broadcast? Like say you were doing a, a vlog or a, or you're doing a podcast right now. <laughs> doing it right now. Um, yes. To make people think a certain way about you. So now you're examining that from another meta level. Yes. It's the same story, 
all the way through, but it's yes. just expanding because of the audience that's being it's being presented to. Yes. So I guess we're now I'm trying to use your story as an education tool or yes. a way to examine how we're talking about storytelling and using storytelling in these different ways. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a filmmaker. I was a filmmaker. Yep. I produced eight feature films. And um, uh, there was, of course, a lot of storytelling going into that, but just trying to get the money, the investment, yep. getting people to believe in the story, the idea, the director, the actor, the scripts, the everything. you got to persuade people. you got to yep. tell a story of why they should give money or why they should you know, <laughs> act in the film or why they should direct the film or why they should even read the script. Why yeah. should they even care? So all of these things are ways where you influence and use stories. Why? Why is this important? Why should yeah. I care? Why should I give you money, right? So previously I've run, I've run 28 crowdfunding campaigns for mm-hmm. first-time filmmakers and helped raise quite an, over a million dollars for filmmakers and did it by asking the core questions, why should people care? Yeah. Why should people watch your film? And why should people give you money? And it's, it's very simple questions, but they're very powerful. Absolutely. And some of the filmmakers were like, whoa, I, I wasn't ready for that but because I make a film. Yeah, but 50,000 films are made globally every year. Yeah. Why? And, and the average person watches not even 50 films a year, right? Because uh, yeah. one a week is a lot. So <laughs> one a week is already a lot. So if the window and opportunities is very, very small to get in there, right? So, yeah. and then they're going to miss out on 49,980 films, right? Yeah. So why is your film, why is it important? And so I think we start with that. I think that's a very powerful way of doing it. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we, why are we doing this podcast, right? Why are yeah. we making a movie? Why are we, so by asking that question, once you have that answer and you own that answer, that truth. Yeah. So for instance, one of the films I worked on in Australia was called Gaby Baby. Mm-hmm. And it was at a time when Australia was still legal for a man yeah. and a man to, to get married to, and to <laughs> adopt the kid, yeah. right? And everybody had an opinion about, you know, the gay and rights and, and, and whether it can be parents and whether it should be allowed to be parents, but nobody asked the kids. Yeah. So I came in contact with this incredible director and, and she had grown up in a same-sex household, two moms. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to tell the story why it's important that the kid, and so we went out and she wanted to go out and make a films about kids, interviewing them about how it is to grow up in same-sex yeah. households. And then why became so strong? And we raised over $100,000. It picked up by ABC. It, 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 it went on tour. It, 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 it did very well on iTunes. And so it's just the, the why from yeah. the beginning to the end was extremely powerful. But it took, we had to go in there and fight for it. Not that, no, no, she was, she's, she's amazing. Now, of course, I'm blanking and forgetting her name, which is very embarrassing, but this is eight, nine years ago I worked on this. We'll, uh, we'll put it in the episode now. We'll put in the notes. Yeah. Uh, Maya Newell, that's her name. This came to me new. Maya Newell, incredible talent uh, director and did a great film. And I'm just mentioning that because the stronger your why is, what you're doing internally or externally, yeah. the more people you can influence. For her, it was a movement, Yeah. right? We ended up on the front page of the Daily Telegraph two days in a row because the movie was made and then, oh, was it in Victoria? The, the Victorian Teachers Association or one of those things, sorry, yeah. wanted yeah. to show it to kids. Yeah. And of course, the Daily Telegraph being a Murdoch of course. in the news. Paper, <laughs> are trying to influence our kids sexually. Right? How, yeah, why have yeah. you turned them into, you know, all gay and lesbians, <laughs> right? So you can't pay for the front page news yeah. on, on the Daily Telegraph. And later on, I'm not saying that, that we influenced in any way, shape the parliament, but 
later on decision was made. Maybe we moved the needle one percent. But even if you didn't, percent, two percent, directly influence the exactly. parliament, the culture surrounding it. Exactly. And there, there, that you touched on Murdoch, and I think that's a really good example of two people telling the same story. Oh, absolutely, from exactly opposite ends. Oh, uh, and well, exactly, one does it for money and influence and power. Yeah. The other one does it also for power and influence, but maybe not so much for money. Well, I think it's it's more about why you're doing it because obviously Maya wasn't doing it for uh, wasn't just doing it for power and influence and to become a successful filmmaker she also believed in the message that the kids were putting forward whereas perhaps Murdoch on the Murdoch press and the Daily Telegraph might not have had as much ideological skin in the game they're more just for riling up a certain percentage of their audience oh absolutely against this this movement and providing a counter movement. Yeah, oh, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and just speaking on Murdoch, it's interesting because you've got two sons, right? One yeah. is following the dad's footstep and the other one is fighting the dad, right? Yeah. So again, <laughs> storytelling in the same family, right? One is donating money to people who go against yeah. what? Fox and <laughs> all the newspapers and Sky and whatever it's called all around the world. So yeah, that is a great example of storytelling. Who's going to influence who? Yeah. Right? Um, and it's really, I mean, Simon Sinek is, is a, is a yeah. very famous, oh, my God, yes. famous speaker and he speaks about people don't buy a product from you because they want the product. They buy a product from you because of why you're selling the product. Yes, yes. Uh, and if your why is more powerful than your competition's why, then yes. people will most likely choose you. Yeah. Uh, and I guess relating it back to storytelling, it's not so much that if your why is more powerful on an objective level, if it's if your story about why you're selling this product is more powerful on a storytelling level to the person that is observing you and buying the product, that is how they're making their decision. Yeah. And I guess that's how I touch on storytelling mostly in a day-to-day life. As a small business owner, I'm constantly talking to new people and explaining what I do and why I do it yeah. and why it could help them. Yeah. Um, so I'm always telling a very personal story about how, why I'm interested in podcasting and where I want podcasting to go and why I think they could be a part yes. of what I want to achieve rather than just here's some stats about how podcast yeah. has grown 40% in the year. In, in yeah. the last year and how people are making hundreds of thousands of dollars and Spotify is investing hundreds of billions of yeah. dollars. Like all of those could be convincing to a certain kind of person. But the story that I tell my prospective clients is usually the story of why I want them to get into podcasting. And yes. hopefully that they, it meshes with the story that their brand and their business is, is telling in and of itself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's a perfect example. It's, it's a perfect example of, of using the why in Simon's is is amazing. We should put a link to that uh, amazing uh, yeah, talk. The TED talk. Is that TED talk where you stand in front of the board and uh, explain the circle of why? I believe so, yeah. yeah. It's very bad quality. Okay, we'll find a link to that. If you haven't watched this, uh, please, we'll put it in the link in the show notes. Uh, it's very powerful. It's very moving. He's talking about flight. You know how one yes. team was yeah. um, had all the money and all the tools and all the power of getting a plane up and flying, and then some bicycle mechanics in the middle <laughs> of nowhere got the plane up first. Yeah, talking about uh, using yeah. the example of the Wright brothers. Yeah, the Wright yeah. brothers, exactly. And of course, App and all the viewers. Anyway, we should definitely, it's really good. Yeah. But that's what I want to talk about today. I think it's such such a powerful thing. And to segue that into, I at each, in each episode, we talk about three 
Yeah, the top absolutely. three list. And I ask you and myself if we can do a, a storytelling of influential people. At least that's the, how I took it. Let's see yep. how you took it. I, I took it as people who have told have told their story in a way that it is long lasting and very effective. Yes. Yeah. So I want to start with the first one. Please. And it's a uh, Swedish girl. She's what, 19, 20 years old now? When she got involved in this, she was only 12 or 14. Her name is Greta Thunberg. Mm -hmm. And um, some of you may know her. My some may know her, but she's the climate activist who has a very strong why and who has a very strong mission. And she started striking when she found out that nobody was caring about the environment. Yeah. She started striking in um, in her school. Yeah. And then she would go to the parliament in Stockholm and sit outside with a little sign saying school, school strike, which is Swedish for striking for the yeah. school. <laughs> and um, she got so much attention. They took it up in the parliament and passed bills. And, um, and I think that, that is a global phenomenal. And it's just... Yeah. It's sometimes people ask, what can I do? How can I help? And what can I do in this world? You know, and, and <laughs> the story is always, if you if you don't believe a small thing matters, you try and sleep in a room with a mosquito, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is tiny, yeah. but it's very annoying <laughs> and you want to get it, right? <laughs> so I think Greta Thunberg is an amazing example of a strong storytelling because she's got a very strong story. Yeah. Either you believe in that story and she persuades, persuades people who are not, but of course there's all of people on the other side and again we're going to bring up Murdoch of course oh. he's got the whole machine I against mean, her my number three is going to be the exact opposite yeah. um, but I think talking about Greta is is going to be she started out with just a why yeah. and then people adopted it exactly. and then and so of course by the time she was speaking at the UN and getting global coverage yeah. it was a lot of people involved in telling her story Yes, but her story hadn't changed and it didn't change and I think that that honestly is probably the most powerful part of her story is yes. that it didn't change on the audience. No. She was 100%. This is who she is and what yes. she believes in. Yes. And people either got on board with her or they ignored her or they just didn't. Yes. Yeah, so the know. people with her ignore her or hate her. Right. Well, those are the three. Well, that's probably five camps. Yeah. This is roughly three <laughs> camps, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I just think it's, I, I think it's amazing that a girl can come along and just change yeah. everything. And I, I'm, I wish there were more people like that for good, you know, planet. What I, what I like is that she's received a lot of honors, a yeah. lot of awards, a lot of money yeah. from various organizations, and she hasn't kept any of that money. Yeah. She's just given to someone else. She's still the thing, I think Greta really illuminated the fact that there are a lot of people like her. It's just there aren't a lot of people with a vested interest in pushing these people to the forefront, um, particularly children, because as, I mean, we are very good at ignoring children because they're not adults yet. Mm. Um, and so, like, when Greta first came to the forefront, there was an alliance of, of climate activists who were between the ages of 13 and, and yeah. 17 around the world who yeah. also got a boost yes. from that same. Yes, and they all went yeah. on school strike and all that stuff. And but, just because it's a similar story. But it's, it's exactly, yeah. but also they are going to inherit the earth. I mean, yeah. they, what are, what are we leaving our children, right? I mean, it's just, it's scary. <laughs> well, let's let's go to a person who won't be inheriting the earth. Uh, my, my, my number three is a person who told a very powerful story story. Um, my, all three of mine are pretty people who have used stories to a rather effectively negative end. Okay. Um, but have told a powerful story that has gone on regardless of any data okay. in, in, in there. Hmm, <laughs> I can see where we're going with this. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Trump, yeah, oh, Donald Trump is, yeah. is, uh, I honestly despise this man, yeah. but the lies that he has told that have just been taken into the cultural zeitgeist that live on 
on to this very day. Yes. Just because he used the right the right buzzwords at yeah. the right time in yeah. front of the right audience. Yeah. And that story is amazingly powerful. Yeah. Evil, but powerful. Um, yes. I mean, I, I I hesitated to put either Trump or Q on this list, mm. um, but I think the two are so oh, they're intrinsically very related. They're, they're related and um, one can't do without the other. Yeah, absolutely. And so Q so heavily relies on Trump yep. and Trump relies on Q and their stories just fed into each other. I think that's a very similar similar yes. case to Greta, yes. whereas she had one pure why. Yeah. And so people who agreed with it jumped on board. Trump and Q just followed the why of the masses as it moved. Yeah, and, and there's opinion change and deadline change yeah. and dates change. Now, we probably lost some listeners by now because there's <laughs> Look, some people who truly believe this. But if you're still listening to us, I mean, as of today, I just read this morning. So you can, when this episode come out, you can hear how how long after we actually talked about this. But Bill Barr came out and said today mm-hmm. that that in an interview that uh, he didn't believe it. It was all bullshit. The yep. lies. And then he resigned, if you remember, in December. And in January, end of January, uh, Biden took took office. But yeah. uh, Bill Barr, the Attorney General of the United States, said this is this is bullshit. I'm not doing any yeah. of this. So yeah. did the military, everyone else. But there's people. It's not. It's not people telling the story because there will always be people telling crazy stories. Yeah. It's the people following the story, believing the story, and enabling the story. And now we have voter repression, voter restrictions. Uh, I think I believe it was this morning Minnesota just came out. Republicans said that we found no evidence of yeah. voter fraud again and again and again and again and again. But the keep it is the big lie and i it's a it's a google sets which he was the propaganda minister for um for hitler yeah and he came out and said the bigger the lie the, the easier people believe it and uh, i don't want to go down that path i don't want to compare the two that's not what i'm trying to say here Goebbels, i didn't put on my list <laughs> <laughs> but but just the idea that 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 you can tell very powerful stories yeah in good or bad and that is just our storytelling good or bad we're talking Absolutely. about today and I, and I think that <laughs> is that is the genius of the trump story yeah. is that he like everything in his life is gilded yeah. and that's not because i assume that's not because he just likes looking at gold things it's because it gives off the story that he oh, yeah. is this opulent yeah, yeah, uh, this opulent businessman this yeah Works. so ha- have you listened to Michael Cohen's podcast speaking of podcast uh, Mia Culpa uh, yeah, uh, no I have it's not really yet it's on my list too he swears a lot so you have to <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as some of you know he was the former Mr. Fixer uh, yeah. for Trump he would take a bullet for Trump he's the one who went to jail mm. for lying about Russia the meetings um, instead of only how many times did he meet about the Moscow meeting yes he yeah. said two, but it was reality 10. That's why he went to jail. But he keeps saying, I was not the one who put my pickle inside a porn star. And yeah. that man is not. Anyway, he has a podcast. It's really good. It's very powerful. And he interviews other people um, each time who ha- who are in the Trump universe. So yeah. one of the uh, Weisselbergs, uh, former daughter-in-laws, the guy okay. who um, was the head of st- chief of staff for the, um, the, um, the home security, the guy who wrote the book Anonymous. Yeah. So he's in that orbit and he's talking about. So if you want to know more about this, He's very powerful. It's a very good story. And that's again storytelling. Yep, and it's absolutely. called me a culpa because you have to come clean because he lied and he yeah. paid the ultimate price. And now he's sitting at home with a brace language, but he could do podcasting. So now he's influencing <laughs> people that way. I think that I think that the overall thing with, with the whole thing with Trump, it's just it's so scary because it's 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 people want to believe, right? Yeah. And and one thing you can say about Trump is that he's amazing, he's a master storyteller. Yeah. Right? You, what what's amazing about him when he ran for office, right? Build the wall, yeah. right? Make America great again. I mean, you can believe it. I mean, what what did what story? 
story did Hillary come with? Yeah. There, there was like, no story. It was more of the same. Let's keep it going. Yes. <laughs> We're the Clintons. We're going to take over. We've got yeah. this foundation. We've all this money. My husband's spent. Now I'm going to be like, you know like, me, right? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. me. But what was the story? What was the storytelling? Yeah. Right? Right? There was no story about that. And I think that's that. That's that's where sto- Trump came with a very powerful story. And people were pissed wow. off. And rightly so. Decades in reality TV. Like, he's he's learned. <laughs> people were pissed off. People were mad. You know, yeah. there was the there was the whole leading up to, of course, previously when Obama took over, that was the financial crash. And he spent eight years trying to fix it up. And people were mad because the banks got out, out got guilt-free, but people yep. lost their homes, their money, their houses, and so forth and so forth. So, yeah. So I knew throwing Trump in here would get us riled up. So <laughs> We are riled up. We've got to move on to the next one, all yeah. right? So so I'm going to go with one. So I guess I'm on the on the positive list today. You're on the negative list today, okay? <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> all right. So I have another positive one, which is Martin Luther King Jr. Absolutely. I think that, you know, his cause, the whole civil rights movement, the whole movement, of course, that one speech have a dream right yep. i mean it's just it's it's such a powerful storytelling that people united behind right and so they had to come up with the uh what's his civil service act i can't remember what the law was sorry i'm not american i did live there for six years but um it's just how that changed the nation how yep. one man could have a story about a dream and how well, people could not it's interesting that you say that yes like we we do like as humans we love and I think this comes right back to storytelling. We love yep. an idol. We love this one person who yes. we can say, his story is the story I believe in. Yes. When really Martin Luther King, like he did lots of work. He was a great man, but he had hundreds of people working with him for years and years and years. And and yes, that and they were all building up his story. They were they were making sure that he could be nonviolent. Yeah. That that their movement could be nonviolent by by speaking to the people that they were talking to and going yes. like this. This is the primary message. Yeah. We are not about violence. We are about peaceful protest. Yes. I think that is that is the powerful message of, of yes. Martin Luther King. Yes. And how how he and the movement was achieved yes. is through like, we have a point of difference. We are taking the higher road. We're taking the higher road. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, nobody can see what Zane and I look like, but we are definitely white. Okay? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, so, so it's it's sitting here and talking about someone else, but it's just, I mean, his, his legacy lives on yep. to this day. Um, and what is it, 40, 50, 60, ah, 40 years later, 50 years later? Yeah, I mean- So that's, yeah. that's impressive. And that's, I mean, and that's where Greta, going back to her story, the Swedish girl, right? She had nobody. Yep. She had nobody. And she's built a movement. That was already, t- did she tap into, no, the movement tapped into her, I guess. Yeah. As a, uh, but, but she started with nothing. And that's why her story is just so powerful. And yeah. we need more young kids and young people, people in general, Absolutely. just speaking up. Just speaking. People in general. People speak up. Don't be conventional with them. Don't say anything. It's just like, you got to speak up man yep. you got us fight sorry you, well you do you, yep. you have to you have to fight it's an ideological fight yes. not a physical fight no, no. we're not <laughs> asking anybody to go out and hit somebody don't but come like, back and say but saying and thomas told me to go out and fight <laughs> if you don't if you don't tell people yep. what you think yep. people will assume yes. that you agree with them yes exactly. and that is just exactly. how it is so you got to stand uh, up for yourself and, have, tell, and tell your story yeah and it, it is only through that discourse that's that we come to a culture that yes. we come to an understanding of what is yes. reality yes what what are we living in and how can we make it better? Yes. Um, so I guess we'll move on to my second one, which is Thomas Edison. Yes. So Thomas Edison has an ongoing legacy of dozens and dozens of inventions, and it has been debunked a number of times that he didn't necessarily invent a lot of things. He paid people and then filed the patents under his name. Yeah. Um, that's how it works. That's, and that's that exactly. Apple computer, that's, Microsoft, that's how it works. 
smash. That is, that's America. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think Thomas Edison, uh, particularly in the rivalry he had with Nikola Tesla yes. and Westinghouse, yes. is thought of in an overall positive light where he was very underhanded um, for the majority of those dealings, particularly when it came to the treatment of animals. <laughs> he was very willing to kill animal after animal after animal to basically discredit Tesla and Westinghouse. <laughs> um, but that isn't what we remember about Thomas Edison. Uh, we, we basically remember him as a great inventor. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I think that's an ongoing, the ongoing narrative that's it's very hard to change. Yeah. Um, because he told it so well and so thoroughly at the time that we, we now, unless you dig deeper and you have a vested interest, you're not going to find out the truth. And I think that's a lot of what, what <laughs> the, the old adage, uh, history is written by the victors. Whereas Absolutely. The, the people who aren't around to tell their stories, the only stories you're going to hear are the people who who won i wanted to, i'm gonna have to bring someone else up i wasn't okay, gonna yeah, say no, this absolutely. but it's amazing I'm, I'm saying that because yeah so you know nobel peace prize right mm-hmm. the nobel prize right so <clears throat> the story is that the he's the inventor of dynamite yep did you know that yes he made a lot of money dynamite and then he was in france he went to business conference and some newspaper editor thought he would die he was dead for some reason he was die. he did right right <laughs> but he was not he was fully alive so yeah. he got he got to read his own obituary and he realized <laughs> then that all they're going to remember me for is the guy who invented dynamite. This I'm is, just the guy that exploits yeah, things. I just blew things up, <laughs> killed people and blew up mines, right? So he realized I need to leave a different legacy. Yeah. So he came up with the, the Nobel Prize, yeah. the Nobel committees to finding the best scientists, the best math, the best peace. I mean, everything to honor that and give them money and further that work. So yeah. now you no longer associate the Nobel name with <laughs> dynamite. Yeah. Now you associate it with the peace prize. <laughs> And, and, and the best math prize and the best literature and all these yeah. different awards. I don't know, I was at five, six, seven or eight of awards they gave out, but lasting legacy, how some do mankind further. So it's just funny because you mentioned that thing with yeah. being, so I had to remember, I had to, so Nobel. Um, I mean, a very similar story. This yeah. isn't on my list, but a very similar story is Pulitzer. Yeah. Pulitzer earned fame and notoriety and money early in his career by basically inventing what was called yellow journalism, yeah. which is journalism that isn't necessarily based on truth. You print a story that might be true, might be sensational, and then you print a retraction if it turns out to be, to be that way. So a little bit like Murdoch. A li- oh, <laughs> except, yeah, except a little they bit. they don't uh, retract unless they're sued. Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, so yep. that is, so then the Pulitzer Prize now is for uh, integrity yes. in, 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 in journalism <laughs> and, and in art and, yeah. and what have you. So it's, it's very interesting, these, these two characters who have like pulled back from yeah. their, their yeah. actual legacy and tried to yeah. reverse it. So... <laughs> The moral of the story is here. What are people going to write about you yeah. when you die? What yeah. legacy are you going to change? We know what the and legacy- And do you want it? <laughs> we know what the legacy is going to be about Trump, right? I mean, yeah. they're going to have to come in on all this controversy. We know the story about Greta. We know the story about Martin Luther King because it's already written. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What's, that's the question for <laughs> so you saying it for a listener. Nobel what are people going to write about you when you're dead? Uh, yes. Um, so that's the why, isn't it? <laughs> uh, was so was Nobel your number one? Your no, last it wasn't. It, yeah. I, it just got sidetracked. <laughs> I just thought that it was, and um, and I so num- and also just I wasn't starting in top three actually. Great, yeah. I was my number one. So yeah, absolutely, because okay. it's just well, so powerful being a schoolgirl and yeah. just what she's done. So my number three is, and I guess it's I still stay in the goody goody. <laughs> Everything is great, hooray, clapping, clapping. Is Oprah? Yeah, she had a hard upbringing and she was raped and and, and, and sexual abuse, incest, and I mean it's just all these horrible stories about this this woman yeah and 
And she, but she refused to be a victim. Yeah. She refused to let the past equal the future. She refused to have the, her past and the stories she was telling herself equal that she's, she's not good enough. She can't do anything. Yeah. And she's grown into, I would believe, a, a, cha- a movement for positive change. You know, whether it's building schools in Africa for girls or just bringing hope and positivity through her show or her network. And yes, she's a billionaire. And don't get me wrong, she's made a <laughs> lot of money by making people feel good. So you can make a lot of money by people feel good, or you can make a lot of money by people feeling bad. Right, yeah, absolutely. Keep right up, as you said. So I end that with Oprah because I think she's done a lot of good. Um, obviously, I, I don't know her personally. I'm sure there's is. bad stories about her. I'm sure there's stuff, but but, but everyone knows Oprah's story. Yes, and I think and and I like she was perfectly placed to tell people her story. Yes, um, but also into but putting spotlight on other people who had a positive story. Yeah, right. And absolutely and, and changing their lives and right? focus so, on that positivity rather yeah. than negative. Exactly. Because whenever she does an interview, she starts off with like, okay. What happened? Let's get the negative out there. Yeah. Now let's yeah. move forward into the future. Exactly. How are you? How are you going to deal with that? Exactly. And I think that's she may very well have been the first or the most widely publicized person to take that form of interview. Yes. Rather than just drilling down and doing the gotcha, gotcha journalism. Question. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That that whole setting them up to fail. Here she's setting yeah. people up to succeed yeah. and rewarding it. So I, I think that's positive. I think that's great. And I, I want to put her in my top three. Absolutely. What's your top three? Uh, so negative. my final one, <laughs> it's not necessarily negative. Okay. Um, like, obviously, I think we're a little bit too far removed from this person to really judge. Um, it's Julius Caesar. Yeah. So before he was before he was the, the emperor, before he was even a general, before he was anything, he was a student who got kidnapped by pirates and- uh, more and asked them to more than double his ransom because he was worth more than that. Uh, when he was with the pirates, he treated them like they were his servants, like they were under his command. He said, I'm going to crucify all of you. His ransom got paid. He went to the city that he was going to study in, rounded up a navy, captured the pirates, crucified them all. And then went on to story after story of how he is destined to become the the emperor of the first emperor of Rome with an army that crossed the Rubicon, right? Absolutely, <laughs> and and that but that's the thing. Like when <clears throat> when you remember Julius Caesar, mm. you don't remember the army that he had. You remember the guy with the big nose and the and the the wreath on his head. Yeah, but he, but he became a dictator, right? Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And I know we talked about Trump, and I have to bring it back to that because he was trying to the same thing yeah. the uh, General Miley the uh, Supreme Commander or the, the Joint Chiefs is, what does he call it the Chief the Joint Chief he's the Chief of the Joint Chiefs or all the yeah yeah, yeah. General Miley is his name. He was in, when when they cleared the Lafeta Square, tear gas, yep. and they all walked over that photo up holding up the Bible, yep. and people were pushed and shot from tear gas. He came walking in battle armor. And and that was a symbol of the armies with Trump. Yep. But he retracted that. He came out later and said in the speech, I shouldn't have been there. That was wrong. We shouldn't get involved. We're here to defend the Constitution, not the president. And he made that very clear that yep. we're not political because the military, the way it's written, is based upon Roman, is that we can defend against enemies from abroad, not yeah. inside. That's yeah. why you have the police for. That's why there's a distinction between that. Yeah. So by crossing the Rubicon, what Caesar did with the army <laughs> and putting them inside Rome, yeah. he effectively controlled Rome and became a dictator. Absolutely. Until the senators think, had enough. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, and I think that that also illustrates how the difference in storytelling, like the similarity of like what Trump was trying to do mm-hmm. and then people being able to recognize that and undo it. 
it. Yeah. And and that's why, I mean, by not being an enabler. So yeah. by him saying, no, I shouldn't have been there and apologizing. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. That was all about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize. It's supposed to be out of storytelling. But I think what, what we're discussing today, I think it's just important to show the, the positive and the negative. Just yeah, like the absolutely. negative stories you can tell yourself in your own head and the positive stories you can tell in your own head. Yeah. Right? And I think that's that's important. It so, is. So um, if you like this show, leave us a, a, a comment. Rating and yeah, a review. Rating, a review. Yeah. Uh, we have an email address. We'll put that in the show link so you can write to yep. us if you want to do that. And uh, let us know if there's any topics that you'd like us to cover yeah. relating to creativity. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple lined up in the bank, but uh, we'll uh, we'll continue to take your. We're your always input. looking for inspiration. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, thank you for listening to us. And uh, we hope to listen. You will listen to us again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.